is there a reason why XSS is like your shit? Or did, did you like, are you a, were you a JS developer before? No, or? no not at all. I'm a, also a terrible developer in any, <laughs> in any form. But uh, what I like about this, actually, we touched upon it a bit. Like, I like code review, but also at the same time clicking buttons. And I guess that's where, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where uh, JavaScript comes in, right? <laughs> Ready? We're synced up. We're ready to go. All right, here we are in in Portugal. We're in uh, Joel's super swanky hotel room here. So thanks for thanks for that one, man. And uh, we we've got uh, Renee here with us today, and uh, we are all here in Portugal participating in Integrity's live hacking event. Um, it's been a blast so far. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, uh, but yeah, Rennie, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you for having me. Rennie, Renee. I always say Rennie, but it's Renee. Right? Rennie is fine too. Okay. Whatever, right. whatever you call, like. You know, whatever, man. We'll, we'll roll with Rennie it. Just Rennie Pack or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So essentially, you know, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about uh, integrity this episode. We'll, we'll cover the the podcast, um, you know, on this podcast, the live hacking event that we're, we're, we're participating in right now. And I also want to get your experience, uh, you know, your take on your experience uh, with Integrity as a top Integrity hacker there. But first, why don't you uh, why don't you give us a little bit of an intro to who you are as a hacker and and where you're you're full time bug bounty right now, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Rene Rene Dessin, <laughs> <laughs> better known as Rene Pack. Right. <clears throat> nice. Thirty nine years old. <clears throat> so right. I'm, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> I live in the Netherlands with my wife and my daughter. Uh, yeah, recently, well, recently, one and a half years ago, uh, went full-time bug bounty hunter. Nice. Uh, and I have an interesting career path going, coming from studying to be a professional musician. Yeah, yeah. So you told us about this. Yeah, you yeah. were like, we were setting up the whole, you know, recording, well, mobile recording setup, and you were like, yeah, actually, you know, I, yeah. I study like recording and and audio audio engineering, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because that's not exactly the most standard path to get into into bug bounty. No, so as a, as a child, I, I joined the local um, orchestra. Over like we have a, like I think you have them as well in America, like the the the, the college band type oh, of yeah, orchestra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I'm a percussionist. So I joined as a little kid, and I, I enjoyed myself, and I was good at playing percussion. Mm. And then you finish high school, you have to think like, what's what's next? What do I want? do and everyone's like oh you're such a good musician <laughs> you should do something with it and yeah you're young and you don't know what you do want to do with life so i picked that path well it, it's kind of interesting man i feel like the bug bounty industry it has an odd number of people that are not traditional it people that have joined the industry um and i'm not sure if that's just because it's accessible or whether like the brain you know the the non-traditional brain or something like that really lends itself to hacking so yeah, i think it's a bit of both yeah i, I think i can imagine that yeah, yeah yeah and joel joel does a bunch of music stuff too so all you guys all you big brain music guys yeah i was gonna say i had a very similar like i grew up i was always playing music like i i got into music school and when it came time to be like oh what do i want to do um computers was basically it was like drawing me in that direction and so i decided to go that route instead of going yeah. the music route but i think like that, that creative type of aspect where you know 
it, music i think has been shown to like you know increase you know learning capabilities and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff and it's really good for you know young children as they grow up and all that so i i'm not at all surprised that there's so many like creative and and that type of people within the hacking space yeah yeah well then i'm screwed because <laughs> because i <laughs> yeah. no i do i do play piano and i sing but like i uh you know I guess my traditional music skills are not very like essentially my the extent of my piano abilities is like you know I can do octaves on the left hand and then on the right hand I just like have the chord you know that I'm playing and then I just kind of you know wave my hand like this you know <laughs> uh, and hope that the the melody comes out but normally if you can stay in in your key you know it'll it, it's not too bad yeah, it's um, yeah, cool. yeah so I guess normally uh, with these with these uh, interviews we like to go down the path of like. Uh, you know, give us a little career history. Tell us how you ended up in Buck Bounty. But I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna take a take a little side turn today. I want to hear about some technical shit right off the bat. Okay. Um, okay, so you you tweeted out a while back, big bounty that you got. Tell, um, can you talk a little bit about in in as as much detail as you can talk about that vulnerability, what kind of vulnerability it was? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's actually it's actually kind of funny. So the the vulnerability that I found is actually my profile picture on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh. it wasn't on Twitter, but grabs phone, check starts out looking my at profile picture. No, no. I I I actually found the same vulnerability on multiple programs. Uh, wow. And technically, it's, it's like a stored XSS. Oh, this is an NFT. In an NFT. Oh. Right. So some platforms allow you to create an NFT and they do they have like systems like lazy minting or stuff like that sure. where you basically only submit it to their platform and once it's sold they will create an actual NFT for you. Ah. But what you also can do obviously because the Ethereum blockchain is accessible to anyone. Right. So I just uh, like uh, how do you call it? Like minted my own NF NFTs, right, right. where I don't have to deal with a kind of all kinds of input validations, etc. Sure, and just used every kind of uh, cross-site scripting payload in every kind of uh, metadata field that I could find, and uh, a lot of these platforms like include everything that matches a certain standard ah, okay. uh, to their platform. Is that the what is that the ERC seven one two seven one, is that, seven, is two, yeah. yeah. Seven twenty one. Yeah, seven twenty one. Yeah, seven twenty one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool, man. I, yeah. I I I did a little stint. I guess maybe what was it like? Uh, it's probably twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. You know, during the COVID, the COVID dark times. Yeah. You know, into the into the um, Web three hacking space, and you know, I see there's a lot of potential there. But for me, it was not like my go to thing. But I've also seen people like you and and uh, some other names that I won't call out directly that have really been able to milk the web three, mm -hmm. web two bridge. Yeah, that's exactly, I've had exactly kind of the same path. So I was interesting, obviously, in this big bounties being paid right. out for web right. three issues. So I yeah. went to uh, down the path studying solidity and uh, learning about smart contract vulnerabilities. Yeah. But I, I really disliked just doing code review like yeah. I, I i like i actually really like code review yeah when it's in, in a combination with like clicking buttons right. or <laughs> debugging stuff and see yeah. what happens next yeah, yeah and just solely the code review of like solidity contracts is a was a bit challenging yeah, for me. yeah. so that's why i went down the the web 3 web 2 like where they meet. Very yep. interesting. Yeah, yep. I, I've done a little bit of Web3 web research as well. And it's such an interesting space because there's so many different Web2 technologies that connect into it. And, you know, basically in order to interface with most of the Web3 stuff, you have to have some sort of Web2 yep. interface, right? Like OpenSea, for example, it is 
purely based on like Web3. It's, you know, reading information from the blockchain and yep. doing all these things that are based in Web3, but it itself is a Web2 website, right? Yep. And so I think that 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 sort of gap in between is, is where there's a, a lot of room for those types of vulnerabilities that you talk yep. about, where if it adheres to this standard, right? Yeah, then, yeah. 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 yeah and um, it's also, I'm, I'm really, yeah, it's like a blessing and a curse. I'm really into XSS. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. Especially I, in the Web3 uh, ecosystem, Sphere is like it's yeah much more critical actually if an X, if you have an XSS because there is no server side stuff basically yeah, absolutely and there's so much stuff that happens with like these browser based wallets yeah, and, and you know yeah. MetaMask and all that kind of stuff so if you get an XSS in any of those contexts there's so much you know risk for money loss and being able to steal definitely. funds and all that kind of stuff so it's really yeah. really interesting you mentioned XSS so I, I wanted to call this out because you have uh, you have a, yeah. an XSS payload <laughs> tattooed on right. your arm yeah, yeah. which is <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, 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 we'll see. Uh, hopefully, it shows up in the camera if you're if you're watching this on YouTube. Like but yeah. yes, you do have a <laughs> you have an XSS payload tattooed on your arm. So correct. Can you correct. tell me a little bit about that? Uh, it's yeah. At some point, when you have enough tattoo tattoos, <laughs> like your first tattoo is like you really think about it for months and months, and it has a special meaning to you, etc. I just wanted to have a hacking tattoo. Obviously, hacking uh, means something to me nowadays, and I wanted the XSS tattoo. Uh, one that fits my arm. So this is basically the shortest one that I could came up with. <laughs> yeah, that dude, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I guess Joel and I always forget this is, you know, this is a podcast, so we got to appeal to the audio medium as well. Um, so for those of you listening and not watching, it's a, it's the uh, SVG onload um, uh, payload, you know, one of the shortest ones you can get. Um, and he's using I like the decision to go with the slash between the G and the onload rather yeah. than the space. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's great. I think that that allows the flow to go fully together. Well, can you imagine if the spacing was wrong too? Like if it's just like a little too yeah, wide, yeah, yeah. then it looks oh. it looks very yeah, I weird. Bit, I was very paranoid about uh, when <laughs> I rechecked the spelling like ten times. What yeah. did your tattoo artist think when you came in? You're like, hey, can yeah, I yeah. get this tattooed on yeah, my said, own? Yeah, whatever you like. <laughs> I, have, I have no clue what what this means or what you're getting, but I'll do it. Yeah, yeah dude, yeah. it's funny. Um, you know. I think I've mentioned this story on the pod before, but uh, Tommy DeVos, Doggy G, uh, he's he's the guy that kind of got me into bug bounty in the first place because we live in the same city, and uh, and he recently he was in we were in a group chat and he um, was like saying oh yeah I'm thinking about getting this tattoo and actually I think he posted on Twitter as well but he at one point he almost got the HTML source code of a uh, of a what what is it the CVE details website tattooed on his arm because he meant to get the C code for a specific exploit. But the guy went to the website and was like, oh, I guess I'll just do the HTML code. So he built it in and then he posted it and everyone's like, you're going to do HTML code on your arm? You know, with like, it does not even an XSS payload. He's like, oh shit, shit, shit. Oh, yeah. And so I'm glad he did some sanity check there yeah. because it's, I also uh, got some comments when I posted it. Like yeah. someone mentioned, uh, actually a kind of well-known hacker mentioned that this won't work if it's uh, inserted in inner HTML. Blah, 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 blah. I, 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 dude, I was not going for a polyglot. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny because you said like, uh, you know, the first tattoo you always like really, really think about. And I've been thinking about getting a tattoo and I want it to be hacking related. And I'm just like, I'm in that cycle where I'm like, uh, this would be kind of cool. And then I think about it for like, you know, a week or two. And I'm like, nah, it's not good enough. And, yeah, yeah. and so you, you want that first one. But my, my wife has a lot of tattoos and she was like, you know, she just goes and gets them like, you know, every couple months. And yeah, she's just like, oh, I just got to get one here and one here and here. Yeah. So it's awesome. Nice. No, cool. Yeah, man. I, I've been thinking about it too. And I actually kind of even got a design, you know, I'd like to do some some circuitry and then, you know, integrate some HTTP request syntax and stuff like that, awesome. kind of mapping out a web architecture. But 
the thing is, if you if you go to Japan, then you can't get in the onsens, the spas, the the you know the hot springs, the public baths, and uh, dude, I just love that. I love that in Japan. <laughs> so like right before we went on this trip to Japan, which we just got, we just you know flew from Japan straight to Portugal. Uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I should. I, I'm really close to doing. It. I think I'll do it within the next like couple months. And then I go to Japan, and I'm like sitting in the hot tub, thinking like. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to me, man. <laughs> like, so I don't know, man. I guess it's a. Uh, I guess I, I, if Japan ever changes their policies, then I, I think I'll I'll go down that route. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's bring it bringing it back around. Um, so you are, um, you know, top ten. Uh, I guess in in integrity. Not not more. Not anymore. Actually. Oh, not anymore. Uh, I'm eleventh. Oh, 11th. he's eleventh. Okay, oh, top. Of done, course, done with the podcast. <laughs> top eleven in integrity. Um, you've been working on the platform, uh, you know, for quite a while, um, and but you've also done. I think I saw in a tweet you've done some Hacker One stuff. Yep. You've done some Hack and Proof stuff. Um, talk to me about, I guess, the experience of working. There's like a fly here. Uh, uh, there's uh, about the experience of of working on integrity uh, versus the experience you've had on other platforms, and kind of lay out the differences for me. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of integrity because on other platforms, I often had the feeling that they would treat me like, uh, well, just like clearing the backlog. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, at integrity, there's really the, the triage team and the support team also always really personal. Yeah. Especially, yeah, I think it would also help that I'm in the top because they know me and they, yeah. they help me. <laughs> and that, that obviously helps. But in general, they're really, really open to feedback. They help you along and yeah. they have some custom message for you. Oh, nice to see you back on the program or whatever. Nice. Not like just the, the thank the you for your rate. message yeah. number. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's something I really like. And I think I think I started at the right time uh, at Integrity to to be able to grow along with the program yeah. uh, with the platform to to reach like uh, the top ten. Yeah, and, and that helps. Yeah. Obviously. So how did you find out about Integrity? Like, what led you to even hack on Integrity versus Hacker One or Bug Crowd or any of the other ones? So there's actually a kind of funny story as well. I was uh, working at Ball.com, which is like a well, the tiny version of uh, Amazon within okay. the Netherlands and Belgium. Cool. Um, and I was working on the security team there, also managing the bug bounty program. Got it. And there was this dude, also at the event, Kaptein, <laughs> uh, who submitted some reports. Uh, and uh, they were all valid and accepted and whatever. And at some point, he needed an internship and asked uh. through HackerOne <laughs> to, uh, to get an internship uh, at our team, which uh, he got. Okay. And he actually was already active on Integrity and uh, suggested uh, I should have a look as well. Oh, okay, interesting. So, so you were running a bug bounty program on HackerOne. Yes. And then he was like, hey, you should check out this platform, Integrity. Yeah. And, wow, wow, that's very interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Very cool. So then you started hacking on Integrity, and were there? Did you stick to one program or like? No, I I, I often tried to like the top hackers that are really focused on one program. I, I can't manage to do it. I have like <laughs> I have like two. My attention span is too short. <laughs> we all have ADHD. Really, yeah. <laughs> I was I was talking with with uh, with Renee in the car. You know, I was saying like so many of the top hackers have like this. They're just absolutely brilliant, and you know we've had this conversation before, Joel. I, I even feel this way with you. Like, like I feel like my thing is not necessarily like the you know engine burning really hot, you know, or the oven burning really hot, but the ability to like stay focused or stay committed to something. And it's amazing when when you know you guys can actually 
direct that that power at, at stuff i'm always like in awe so yeah it, but it, it does come with the side of like yeah. you do have to jump around from yeah, yeah program definitely to program yeah. Some time yeah. To time. So. yeah for well for life hacking events I, I do want to force myself to to focus on the right. target so yeah and I, I do it from time to time but uh yeah i'm not i'm not <laughs> the type of guy that to, can totally get into one program yeah so, so I do you do lots of events uh, lots of life hacking events uh, I've done like five or six integrity events. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, a hacker one event. Like all of them, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, they've had a bunch, but it was, uh, I started during COVID, I guess. Yeah. Uh, some virtual ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, hacker one events is high on my bucket list, yeah. but I, I guess I'm not active uh, enough on hacker one yet to. Uh, we need like to... the status match that airline programs have. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. I, I've been thinking about that. So we'll, we'll see, you know, how that goes. But I mean, obviously, if you can hack one place, and you can hack in another place. But I will say there is something about live hacking events, like you can see hackers that are phenomenal at, at, um, well, or even it goes both ways, you can see people that are phenomenal at hacking in a normal context. Mm. But then when you put them in a live hacking context, they they can't they can't do it. Yeah. Or the opposite as well is true. You see some people that are like, so motivated by the competition, right? And they're like, Oh, this is like, amazing like i can totally stay locked in but then you know off off platform you know or off uh, off the live hacking events just yeah. on the platform it's very hard for them to stay focused so it is it is a little bit uh, of a trade-off as well there and I, i'm curious so going back to the question about um you know you're jumping around from program to program like we've had people on the on the podcast that are pretty extreme with this for example douglas day uh archangel uh he says he'll give it like you know, 30 minutes to three hours or something like that, right? Before he switches programs if he doesn't find a bug. <laughs> uh, and then we've also had people, I think maybe the most ex uh, clear example of this would be Alex Chapman or even me, who are like, yeah, I'm gonna sit down for a couple weeks and try this program until, you know, I either beat it or it beats me. So where, where do you fall on that spectrum? Um, depends on the mindset of the day a bit, Yeah. but typically I'm in the, in the days area. Mm, okay. But I'm also, yeah, some days you have like, Especially being a full timer, at the end of the day, you think, I think, what have I done? I've just skipped over <laughs> like a hundred programs, yeah. checked out the scope, uh, asked for credentials, and then moved on. Yeah, so, end yeah. Of the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I've actually been having a lot of conversations with hackers at at this event who participate in both Integrity and Hacker One events and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the, I've I've felt that over time, the more events that I do, it's actually very difficult to like get to get to that deep dive state because oftentimes you'll be doing an event and then there's another one coming up and you just have to start prepping for that mm, and you have yeah. to like you know either focus on that one singular target which is kind of a deep dive but it's not really the same when it when it's forced in a sense right where like you know essentially you're being told oh you you need to hack on this where it's like you know i might have ideas about a program that i'm really interested in but i can't hack on it because i don't have you know the time or you know i need to be focusing on this other program so um do you take notes? How do you how do you deal with that when you're going in between events and full time hacking? I take notes. I try to take notes, but uh, yeah, it's uh, like uh, I've heard, heard other hackers say the same thing. It's like the notes dot text <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with some random stuff in there. And uh, yeah, I did when I became full time. I, I I did make it a habit to just put it in a Google Drive auto sync configuration, so I can look back at it. Typically, I don't really. <laughs> use it a lot but yeah it's 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 crazy that that's that we've actually seen that across so many top performing hackers i really would have expected that and, and i guess joel you're pretty much the closest thing to this with how organized you are with your you know spreadsheets and stuff but 
um, we haven't seen many, many hackers that do very structured notes, very detailed. Um, I think one hacker comes to mind with this, and it's Mayonnaise on HackerOne. I know that he takes extremely structured notes and even does um, data science on all of his like burp, uh, you know, oh, wow. files and like you know all that sort of stuff. So that's pretty crazy. We might we might should get him on the pod for like a, a counter a counter take on that. <laughs> um, but as as a full as a full time hunter, you know, you mentioned you're a full time hunter. Yeah. Um, I guess as a full time hunter myself, I know that there's a lot of struggles that go along with that. Yeah, um, and, and we've seen just looking at the history of that, um, how few, you know, people actually make it the whole, uh, you know, even a year in, in full-time bug bounty hunting. Um, so what, and you, you said you've been doing it for a year and a half. So yep. tell, tell me about your experience and tell me about some of the struggles you've had with that. For me, the most challenging part is working alone. Well, on the other hand, it's also like a con. So that's the mm. thing I'm, I actually struggle with the most. So mm. last winter in the Netherlands, I was still working from home. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm in the attic and it's <laughs> raining outside <laughs> and it's dark. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, there were many times where I thought to myself, what am, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. So I tried to change that actually. So since last May, I'm now in a, in a flex working, uh, co-working space nice. office, which is actually kind of nice, especially so I can have a commute mm -hmm. to work and clear my mind yeah. when going home, etc. So yeah. that's nice. Still working alone. Still everyone mm -hmm. is in their own cubicle doing yeah. their own thing. But it's a, it's a nice change of pace uh, during the day. Got so, it. Too, so is that yeah. kind of like a WeWork type thing that, uh, I don't know if you know that we have this in the US. No, yeah, mine is called Spaces. I don't know. It's also kind of international, but maybe okay. in Europe. But yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, oh. I have my own dedicated cubicle basically on the Got floor it. with all the cubicles. Okay, so uh, it's just like a little one-man office type? Yeah. Okay, yeah. very, very, very cool. Yeah. Is it like a monthly fee or how does that? Yes, nice. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. I've, I don't actually think I've heard of many hackers who do that. And I kind of like, I know a lot of people like the structure is like huge for, for being that. Like, I'm not like that at all. When COVID hit, I was like, oh, I have to stay inside. Okay, sweet. Like, say less, yeah. you know, like that. that's totally like how I am. But I know a lot of people were just like dying to like, just like get outside or like get back into like the yeah. social interactions and that kind of stuff. I actually wanted to ask about that. Like, I've struggled with that decision myself to go do a, a we, you know, we work or like a, you know, collaborative workspace. Um, and I think I, I don't have kids, so I'm sure this might change when I have kids. But um, like, do you mind if I ask how much that costs every month? Do you uh, know? Mine off the top is of your like uh, in dollars. No, <laughs> no, no, no. 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 You're, you're it's like a foreign, four hundred euros or something. Four hundred euros. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's yeah. Like I would I would definitely struggle with that decision, even though four hundred euros is not you know too much I did to as be well. paying for that sort of thing. I did as well, actually, yeah. and. Uh, because I had to pay, like, uh, you commit to like a year or something. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Wow. But uh, it was actually around the time when I make the 50K. So I just okay. said to myself, <laughs> well, let's do this times 12, see yeah. what the total amount is. And then I just I took that from the from the bounty, put it in a separate accounting uh, yeah. savings account. And then I was like, done. I keep it, get rid out of it, out of my head. Nice. And uh, this is it. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, I was watching a video today that was uh, it was very it was like a plumber or something in New York City. But but he was basically saying like just to like walk out the door and get in his car and like go go do a job is at minimum like a thousand dollars a day just in you know parking and insurance and yeah. fee and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so like if you sort of extrapolate it out, like I think that's almost a good way to think about it. Where it's like okay, if it's say four hundred euros a month or whatever, it's a hundred euros a week 
that's like, you know, your operating cost basically. Yeah. It's like, okay, I need to make a hundred euros this week and that's it. If I don't make a hundred euros this week, I make 200 euros next week. Right. And so like you, if you can frame it that way, I think that that kind of helps because setting those, those goals is really good. One way I like to think about it is, you know, I sort of frame it as like a yearly salary. Like say I want, you know, X dollars per year, yeah. divide that by 12 or divide it by 52 weeks or whatever. Okay. I need to make this much per week. I need to make this much per month. And that's sort of like, you know, if I get a bounty, that's that much or more, I'm like, sweet. I'm, you know, I don't have, like, if I make more, that's great. But if I don't, like, I know that I'm going to hit, you know, this much per year. And that's like, it's a lot easier for me to have that sort of system in my mind where um, it's more like split out and it's almost like a salary type thing instead of yeah, the, 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 same, like, the grind. And I think a lot of people, when they think about doing full-time bug bounty, they're like, oh, well, where's, where's that next bounty coming from? Where's that next like paycheck? Yeah. Like there's no paycheck. Right. And so yeah. I think if you, if you have it like that, where it's like, you know, you have monthly things that you know you have to pay for and all yeah. that kind of stuff, it's nice to kind of structure it. Yeah, I do it exactly like this. So before I started, I, I made sure I had the financial buffer to be able to fail, basically. Mm -hmm. So at the, at the time, the buffer was like six months or something. And now the buffer is like a year or something. Yeah. But I also just I give myself a salary, a fixed salary, and then I'll just keep filling the buffer. Uh, and it doesn't matter if it overflows or if it uh, gets a bit less. But as long as it's a solid amount of money in there, then uh, I'm content, I that's, guess. That's really interesting. I, I actually have a different approach to this. Um, I guess I do still have all the money come into my company and then I pay myself a, a normal amount out of that account. But I also found it a little um, stressful for me if I say, okay, I want to earn X thousand a year and then divide that by 12. And then, you know, this is what I need to make every month because of the volatility of bug bounty. Right. And so like, for example, if I, you know, if I've got six bugs, 10 bugs, 15 bugs in the, in the pipeline, but, and it switches over to October or whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I didn't make as much as I needed in September. Then it kind of stresses me out a little bit. So I, I try to look, look at it more from like a, a holistic perspective of like, I have enough money in my buffer, you know, to make it through, you know, the end of this year for sure. And then I look back on the year and I say, okay, I made X amount that past year. Um, you know, I'll try to shoot for, cause it is helpful to have goals. You know, I'll try to shoot for roughly, you know, X plus one, X plus two, you know, 1.5 times X or 1.2 times mm, X, yeah. you know, for the, for the next year. Um, but breaking it down into individual months for me is just like, Oh, cause yeah. Cause yeah, it just, yeah. it, it, it really, you know, if I don't hit a goal, I'm like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't look at it from a monthly perspective. Like I, I look back a year typically to see how I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll keep the monthly payments the same so mm. I don't have to worry about what's coming in. Yeah, so I mean, on the topic of money, you, I think you posted on Twitter that you're you know, looking for a job or doing consulting or stuff. So was that monetarily driven? Did you just want to kind of reduce that stress or what, yeah, what sort of actually, led you towards that? It's actually uh, related to what we're talking about. So uh, I, the, the thing I struggle with is like working alone like mm, mm. all your colleagues are also your competitors mm. uh, That's intense, and man. are like uh, on the other side of the world so i can uh, i can't easily ask them a question uh, so that's the like the main reason where i was looking into getting a job again uh but i also posted it like just see what pops up right i'm not at a stage where i'm desperate to have a job or to mm. desperate to change something overnight because i can't uh, take it anymore just like i said it 
it's it's a bit i'm a bit conflicted with the working alone because it's also i also really like it i also really like not having to deal with meetings that i don't mm. care about ah. not having to report to a manager that has an opinion on my performance so that's that's the, the plus side of bug bounty obviously dude i the meeting thing it's, it's so foreign to me, man. Like I, I was talking to a friend in Japan the other day who's like, yeah, there's this guy in my organization that like will ping me. He's, this isn't even his superior. This is his, um, you know, same level dude. And he'll be like, hey, um, we're going to have a meeting in 10 minutes and it's going to be an hour long meeting. And, and, and he, he just drops it on him like that. And I'm like, dude, you got to you got to say no to that. Yeah. Like you got to like, I, there's no way I could live my life, you know, with like, it, but on the other hand also, you know, if I've got a meeting on my calendar, it's like, oh, okay, I've got a four hour block here. What can I accomplish in a four hour block? You know, and, and the four hour, and, and the reason why, you know, that affects me is because it does take so much focus to do bug bounty. Yeah. Like I find it very hard to jump in and out of a flow state, you know, of your focus definitely, state in yeah. bug bounty. So I definitely, I definitely understand that there. Yep. Yeah. So speak, speaking of flow state, what is like? What's your? Wow. I just went, went through puberty again. <laughs> wow. Uh, so what's? Sorry. What? what so what? What is your? Uh, what is your hacking like flow actually look like? What do you? You know, when you approach a target, what's? What is? What is your mindset? How do you look at the target? What are the first things you do? Um, what are the things you look for? I think I'm always really interested if people have a good answer to this because I I, I don't really have it's a good so answer. It's so broad, right? The question. What I tip I I like oh, yeah we talked about XSS. I've I've built some browser plugin tooling to help me find stuff. Mm. I also posted it about uh, about it on Twitter a few times. So typically my flow is just clicking buttons in a website yeah, <laughs> and I, basically I, having burp open, uh, checking the output of some of these plugins that I've built. And that's basically how I get into the application. A lot of top hackers have that answer. And and that, the question that we ask, we, we pose, you know, to see if anybody has a quick answer to get have structure, because if they do, that's really cool. But so many of the top hackers say exactly what you said. And that's great for the top hackers, right? But I'm also, as I've worked with mentees and people that are trying to get that sense, yeah. I wonder how you came to that. So, so do you do you? Let's think back. You know, uh, you know, you've you've been studying music forever, and now you're mm. you know you're going into into bug bounty related stuff. You know, yeah. I guess maybe you had a job at at Bull and security beforehand. But um, how did you when you first approached to target? Was it was it similar, or did you use a checklist, or how did how did you how did you know what to look for? It's a hard question. It's I'm sorry. Question. I, I, I know it's tricky. Question. Yeah, I guess it's something you learn over time. Yeah. Uh, what really helped me and still helps me is sometimes, I, uh, like I said, I, I've built some uh, browser extensions mm -hmm. that do mm -hmm. stuff, basically. Yeah. And to, to read, uh, refine the output a bit, to mm -hmm. look into mm -hmm. uh, alerts popping up, mm -hmm. I think that really helps me to... Yeah, get a sense of what's happening. Wow. But it's an interesting question, actually. I, I, I guess I have that sense for XSS. Mm. And there are some other hackers also at the event. I once had a discussion about uh, with Kuro Matai, who's also at the event. He was really, oh, I gotta, really I good in uh, yeah. SQL injection. Yeah. And I was like, dude, 
ask well and jackson does that even exist still exactly same yeah, yeah. and he's like testing with a single uh, quote somewhere and gets one byte difference in the responses like yes that's an ask well and jackson no here. way dude uh, like, what, what? A, what a beast yeah I, I gotta i gotta meet them there's so many people here that i don't actually have often because uh, we'll, we'll mention this as well uh, the event is uh is a sort of it's possible to self-sponsor yourself to come to this event yep. you know you're it's possible to pay the you know amount for the ticket in the hotel and come over here so there's so many faces here that yep. i haven't actually seen at the live hacking events before but i see on twitter all the time um so i've really there's been so many people i, I want to meet but it, it's interesting that xss stood out to you specifically from the beginning and that you actually went through the the process of creating tooling specifically for it is there a reason why XSS is like your shit? Or did, did you like, are you a, were you a JS developer before? No, or? no, not at all. I'm also a terrible developer in any, <laughs> in any But uh, what I like about this, actually, we touched upon it a bit. Like, I like code review, but also at the same time clicking buttons. And I guess that's where, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where uh, JavaScript comes in, right? So I have some solid issues on like open source stuff where I could yeah. also do the same, basically, but then on the server side. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that's nice. But yeah, typically, yeah. Uh, that's what I like about XSS. Yeah, yeah. Also, because JavaScript is so it's it's so crazy. You can do like anything. You can have like a million ways to the same goal. Yeah, uh, I like about uh, yeah. I like that about it. That's really interesting. So, can you tell me a little bit? I don't I don't don't know if you're comfortable with sharing so many of your secrets or whatever. But what are some of these extensions or browser plugins or whatever that you that you've written to help yourself? So one. I've one that is actually really basic, but it just uh, monitors every URL the browser fetches, okay. and if it has any query parameters, and then it will inject just like a, a harmless payload into every query mm -hmm. parameter and see if it's reflected. Okay. So like the reflector plugin from Burp. Mm -hmm. But what I like about keeping it in the browser is that in Burp you constantly have to switch focus. You have to see if the, is this valid something. Mm -hmm. And and now I've just built it like it will literally pop an alert saying mm -hmm. xss here and while yeah. i'm clicking buttons so yeah. sometimes and when i approach a new target and i'm clicking buttons i found my first few xss's just by browsing uh, the application got it and so does it basically just like put the query parameter in your payload so that you know which where it's coming from or how do you yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah so Very it's cool. alerts like the the url with my injection nice. uh, yeah so wow. that's really nice that's awesome. yeah and so and another one I did is like an extension on Franz Rosen's uh, post message tracker. Dude, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So I recently, I, I really like the extension. What I dislike about it is that you, for every page you visit, you have to click it open to see if something pops out to you. Mm -hmm. So I made like a really small adaptation that will just look for a low hanging fruit like mm. xss syncs like eval or whatever mm, mm, mm. and if it's in there already then it will pop up an alert and just uh yeah prompt me to check it out and yeah that's yeah i've been a bit of obsessed with post message Dude, XSS post the last message few weeks is so fascinating yeah. i i have been too and it's like i feel like there's a lot of untapped potential there especially yeah. as these apps sort of move towards a framework you know every every app that you 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 work with now is using like you know react or angular or view whatever all these single page apps you know it's kind of hard to get anything besides dom xss so yep. being able to do post message stuff is really that that really helps a lot yeah, and, and it expands the xss scope quite a bit yeah there's so much still so much low-hanging fruit i was really surprised about it and it also seems like every like a lot of websites have this uh, support chat button yep. thing. It yep. seems like all these providers are vulnerable yeah. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> well, amazing. yeah, because I, I think it's really interesting that we've seen 
browsers increase security, like cross window, cross tab, all that kind of stuff. But in order in order to do that and keep things functional and make it so that you can have like a nice user experience where, you know, PayPal checkout, for example, you, you click the button, it pops up a window. Well, it has to communicate somehow, yeah. right? And same thing with these chat support buttons or the wallets or, Meta, or the, all this stuff that we've been talking about. These things have to be able to communicate somehow. Yeah. And often this ends up being post message. Yeah. And so it's, a, it's like a very widely used piece of technology, but I think it's quite underexplored. Um, yeah, and, and insecure by default. I oh think. yeah, absolutely, right? Like it, there's no default checks, it's not checking for origin, all that stuff yep. is up to the developer. Yep. And so, so many de developers are just like, it's not even on their radar, right? It's not even something that they know they should be looking for yep, or even definitely. concerned about because I don't, I don't think it's very intuitive that you would expect, oh, you know, some random website might iframe my website yep. and then start talking <laughs> with it, right? Like it's not really an attack scenario that you're you're going to think about. And so I think uh, it, it's super, super underexplored and, and there's a lot of research to, to happen there. Yeah, I, thanks for <laughs> thanks for looking right at me when you say there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of research to happen there. Joel, Joel uh, knows about it, and I'll, I'll share this with you off air, uh, Renee, but there's, there's a piece of post message related research that I've been working on and that I finally got to a place where it's like, oh, this is going nice. to break some shit. Um, so uh, that'll be coming soon. Uh, <laughs> I'm not ready to, to, to talk about that one uh, super, super much yet. But the, the post message space is, is truly fascinating. And there's a lot of vulns there. And like you highlighted, Joel, if you understand the concepts be behind um, you know, browser security, you know, your, your same origin policy, and you see, hey, this, these pages somehow are communicating between the two of them. Um, that should ask you, you should ask why. Why is that happening? How is that happening? No. Um, and oftentimes the answer is is post message. So definitely a cool X space there. Do you have, before we move on, I guess, do you have any, so obviously you've made a modification to the post message tracker by Franz Rosen. Um, and that's that's a great piece of, of software for people to install um, to even just get introspection into yeah. how post messages are, are working on the page. Definitely. Do you have any other uh, tips or tricks you've run across in the post message arena that you'd like to pass off, or or is it mostly just understanding the logic of each yeah, individual I think page? Yeah, I think that's the that's the thing. Uh, also, yeah, like you said, the origin check is like the key factor almost in uh, in this stuff, and that's uh, what we're talking about, like getting a sense for stuff. Yep. Like now, the past weeks, I've been hyper focused on post message yeah. and now if i get the the pop-up i see instance yeah you see like yep. t origin or yep. okay yep. this not this one yeah 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 that's awesome i mean there's so many things that just i think come intuitively to us that now that we've been doing hacking for so long that yeah. you just you see post message you're like oh okay like I, I know how this works or i know how this is probably going to work um and it's it's fun we were we were hacking with friends yesterday during the event and well during the pre-event i guess and uh he guessed a <laughs> he guessed we, we were doing like a path uh what secondary context uh, path traversal and path substitution and he get he, he realized okay it's three paths up and he guessed what the legitimate like api path that was being used in the back end was awesome. just based on like oh yeah i think this is probably how this works and he just was like trying different stuff and we couldn't actually brute force it because there was a rate limit and so yeah. he was just like manually Amazing. testing some stuff and five minutes later he was like oh i got it <laughs> like oh, wait what <laughs> it's like this totally internal endpoint <laughs> it's crazy crazy yeah dude that blew my mind and, and, it, and it really shows like you know, people have different intuitions at different spots. And it's all about, you know, when you're growing as a hacker, it's all about sort of fostering those intuitions. Um, and I will, but going back to what we were talking about with the post message origin thing, I will say I, I normally, I do the same thing, right? Where I see like, you know, whatever, t.origin, whatever, all right, whatever, like I'm, I'm done with that, just throw it away. 
But lately I've been, I've kind of looked at a little bit closer at some of this stuff and I've seen so many developers get regular expressions wrong in that mm, context. Yeah. Um, if, the, if you see an origin being compared to a, re, a regular expression um, and they're not escaping the dots, there's going to be problems yep. there. And I just, it's that same, you know, uh, age old story of like, thank God for whoever came up with dots to be, to be any yeah. character in regular expressions. Yeah. Like it's the most legendary thing ever. And I'm so grateful for it. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that one when you're checking out post message stuff. Um, okay. So I wanted to actually ask you about two tweets that I had, you know, when I, when I stalked you on Twitter before yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That we, you know, we do the interview. Um, you had so one you've done recently was a sort of an XSS scenario where you're like where you had the following conditions. Recently encountered, I'm just gonna read the tweet. Recently encountered a challenging stored XSS case. No dots, no parentheses, no plus, no single quote, no space. <laughs> and wait, was that no space character? Yeah, or no, no space character. Okay, yeah, I was well, gonna say also no, no space. Because <laughs> <laughs> the next line says max 35 characters, which yes. is no space. Yeah. Um, and then unlimited amount of payloads that can be stored every payload is reflected twice yeah which is so funny because as you were reading through those i'm going through my mental checklist i'm like oh i know a bypass for that i know a bypass for that oh that cancels my oh oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, i'm running out of bypasses <laughs> yeah. very intense you know xss scenario um and you know you represented most of it here in the tweet but uh talk to me a little bit about your your testing procedure for that and can you tell me like how long it took you to actually get to the solution you put in the tweet? <clears throat> quite a while, actually. Yeah. So we were having a we have a Discord s a server with quite some hackers, and once a, a year we we tend to meet up in a big villa in the Netherlands, oh, and people awesome. fly in from all of it. Like uh, some last year, people from America flew in, etc. It was cool. it's really nice. And this year we got yes, we hacked to arrange us some fresh targets to hack. Awesome. So this was a really nice program. Uh, and I was basically, well, in my same flow again, just pasting stuff in there. And, uh, just clicking buttons. Uh, yeah. uh, Harmony was also in this event. He, was, he reached out to me saying, uh, dude, you're escaping HTML here. So maybe you have an XSS. And then we looked into it. It was like, it was like a, man, a field meant for a, a, an identifier. So mm -hmm. it would do stuff like uh, uh, replace spaces with underscores okay. and stuff like that. So, and it, like if you added uh, uh, the plus symbol, it would just write out plus in letters and mm. stuff like that. So it was really challenging setup. Uh, but we could like use enough characters to uh, a new. We could put in enough payloads to like, yeah, get a full payload mm -hmm. in the end. Uh, so yeah, we had quite some <laughs> challenging stuff to work around all these uh, things. That's awesome. Uh, I love that that little, uh, you know, hacker house type thing. We've done that a couple times uh, throughout the years at, at different events. Oftentimes we'll do it after the event. Uh, we did that in Japan, we went to Hakone and um, that's where we recorded with Lupin. And, uh, you know, just it's it's awesome to have that kind of it's a lot more relaxing than the actual like yeah definitely it, right in the heat of the live events and to just be able to kind of hang out and yeah. still have those kind of hacker discussions and stuff you have um what is it a ha hacker hideout i think it's called is yeah, that is correct. that what that is no okay well, I, well, I would uh, wish i would wish it was that now it's actually kind of hacker hideout also originates from uh, my quest to get an office space actually <laughs> because i was looking for an office space and i was thinking like how awesome would it be if you have like an office 
for bug bounty hunts, like a flex mm -hmm. working space where people could just drop in, hire an office for a day or something. And then I was, and then I was looking into that because yeah, I needed my own office space. So maybe I can create like something to do that uh, with others. Uh, and then I found out that like the full-time bug bounty community in the Netherlands is like five people or something. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It, all over the world, you know, it's 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 kind of hit or miss. So I, I I'd be really, but but I think actually there are a decent amount of people that are in offensive security, you know, yeah. and so and and those those positions do tend to be remote. You yeah. know, and so there, you know, hey, maybe there's yeah, some, so some possibilities the, the there. The idea got converted. I, I started it together with the host also at the event here to first just try to build a small community. Hmm. Uh, we didn't want to open up a Discord and allow everyone in, but sure. just like a, a, an in crowd of people, uh, and maybe, well, maybe do like just do like fun stuff like the villa hmm. part. We also do like meetups or whatever. Hmm. So hmm. Uh, in this event, we uh, we well. We started out with creating our own uh, our own hacking team, basically. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that, that's great, man. Yeah, I, I I hope that that takes off because anytime you can get a bunch of hackers in a space together, it really does. You know, crazy stuff happens. Yeah, Shit definitely. Breaks all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's like why we started the podcast too. Is we wanted to be able to sort of extend these conversations that are able to be had by hackers behind closed doors with the rest of the community so that yeah. they can learn from it because there's so much value like every time i come to one of these events and i'm talking with people even if it's just like 20 30 minutes it's there's so much like hackers have a level of understanding of what each other are doing to so much of a degree that you can just immediately like even if like we've never met this is the first time we met we can just have this conversation yep. and we know exactly like what where the other one's coming from because we've like been through that same kind of hacking experience and it's so awesome to to be able to have those same connections with so many hackers yeah definitely and it's so like the the, the knowledge sharing is just incredible like I, I don't even know how to express like how valuable the knowledge sharing is between hackers at these events and so uh, you know i think it's really important to create a space that fosters that kind of you know that energy and that kind of you know community where you can have an open space where you can talk with hackers and you can collaborate and you can yeah, share definitely. ideas and, and bounce stuff off of each other yeah that yeah, works great and also also within our team now i think i'm i could say without being like uh proud without flexing i'm, I'm mm. the most experienced bug bounty hunter in my team mm, mm. but uh the most uh, brilliant ideas came from my teammates isn't, isn't that like, crazy yeah. isn't it crazy how that always works yeah. like uh, it seems like when when you work with some of the the newer people like as you're re-explaining stuff you're like Oh, wait, why do I think that way? You know, and yeah. so, it, it, and not even when you're explaining, but just when a fresh set of eyes is on the scenario, that's really helpful. Definitely, I really like that. Also, also with the XSS payload that we just discussed, the, the very limited one, I. I deliberately post those on Twitter just to get the feedback. And like Johan Carlson yeah. is also at the event. So yeah. I was like in the first tweet, oh, but you could just URL uh, escape uh, or URL encode the dot and then you're done. Like, hmm, mm. thank, you. thank you. This would that. save me like five hours of my life. <laughs> Love that yeah. for me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's, that, that's great, man. It is great when we have the community together. Yeah, well, and it's it's really funny because me and you, me, me and Justin, we hack we hack a lot um, together, and we, we do a lot of pair hacking. Oftentimes, it's not even that we're like both at our laptops, but I'll just be like sitting next to him. We'll just be sort of observing, and I'll be like, "Hey, you know, maybe you could try this, or you could try yeah. that," and he'll do the same thing. And I think it's it's so valuable because when you have been working on a bug for like hours or days or whatever, you you make a lot of assumptions, right? Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I, I've, you know, this is probably not happening or, you know, I'm, I'm like 99% sure that this is the case or you just, you know, you don't even think about it because you're very focused on like a, a, a goal. Yeah. And then when somebody new comes in, they'll start asking, you know, they're not dumb questions, but they're, you know, 
they're sort of like, you know, they don't have the same kind of background context that you do because they haven't been looking at that bug for so long. And oftentimes those are the most valuable questions where they'll be like, well, have you just tried this? And you're like, oh, why? Why haven't yeah, I tried that? I was, probably should try yeah, that. That's yeah. the case here as well. You're like committed to the 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 path you're taking. Like you have to, the payload is halfway there, so you're not committed or you're not prepared to give up on it. Or like so, you make it work somehow. Yeah. yeah. The the only so we're we're coming to a wrap here, and uh, the only other thing that I really wanted to make sure we hit on this podcast was sort of talking about the integrity event that we're we're yeah. at right now. We talked a little bit about integrity as a platform, but um, I guess. Just some thoughts from for the community from this event. For me, is that uh, one of the coolest things is that you know people can pay their way, their own way, like we talked yep. about. And I think there's there's some pluses to that, and there's some downsides to that, right? The plus is that you get to see a lot of new faces. Yeah. You get to see you know the people that are successful in the industry and that contribute on Twitter and stuff like that, but haven't necessarily been at the live hacking event scene. Yeah. Um, and that's really great. The downside of that, though, is that there are so many hackers. And especially if you have a scope that's a little bit more constrained, which would normally be great for a normal size live hacking event, I think, when you open it up to so many people, the dupes start getting a little overwhelming. So it's, that's one uh, thought for me. It's challenging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I heard yesterday that there was a bug that got, uh, it was like $1,100 and everybody got $11, which <laughs> means I got split 100 times. Which yeah. is, <laughs> that's I think a, the lowest bounty I've seen is like $4.63. Uh, yeah, yeah so. and, and I think some of those ones, you know, they're, they're fixing some stuff. Uh, I, I had a conversation with them this morning, but um, uh, one of the other things they did at this event was that they had a channel in Slack for uh, knowledge sharing, yep. and that knowledge sharing was incentivized by by bonuses. Yes, and man, did that save our butts this event! Um, so really like to see that. Um, and I've got a couple other things as well. But did you did you have any thoughts you wanted to share about this event? Yeah, I, th- I thought uh, indeed the, the sponsored non sponsored thing was really interesting for me personally. I wouldn't have attended if it was self sponsored. Yep. I guess because yeah. My reasoning was this is a job for me and yep. to pay to be able to uh, perform a job was a, yeah, a bridge too far for me, basically. Yeah. So so I wasn't in the first batch of invites and then the self-sign-up uh, period started and I was like, well, let's just pray I get yeah. an invite in the yeah, second yeah. batch and then I got invited, nice. luckily. So that's yeah. nice. That's awesome. But yeah. I'm actually really, really surprised you weren't in the first batch of in- invites because, I mean, you're so high on the integ- integrity platform that, I mean, it's very hit or miss. I, I was yeah. at one of the very first ones. I don't even know if I can say the target. It was a banking app is what I'll say. Um, All right. Yeah. And uh, that was that was really interesting. But um, I, you know, it was kind of the first time they'd ever done anything like that. It was very, you know, small. And, and, and this is such a different type of vibe to that where it's, you know, it's very big. It's very, you know, there's so many people. And I, I actually... I do like the self-sponsored thing. I'm actually self-sponsored for this one. Um, you know, part of it is just half vacation, half yeah. you know, getting to see the hacker it. friends. You know, I've never been to Portugal, so it's fun. And uh, I had a bunch of miles that were <laughs> just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> so yeah, I think if you can make it work, you can make it work. But it's nice to offer that opportunity for yeah, you know, if people really, really want to be here. Absolutely, you can pay to win if. if, if well, yeah, pay to arrive. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe not win, but <laughs> but yeah, you can definitely pay to get here, and uh, yeah. you can sort of you know show that you have the capabilities. I, I think it can be really, really difficult for new hackers to break into the live hacking space yeah. because there's so much competition here. And the people who are hacking at these events all the time are just insanely talented. Um, and so, you know, getting a spot can be very, very difficult yeah. unless you're doing full-time hacking or unless you find a bunch of crazy bugs in a short period of time, right? So, 
Yeah, absolutely, man. It, there's, that's definitely been a big piece. So it, cool to see it go sort of both ways there, you know, getting to see everyone's, you know, face and that sort of thing, but also seeing the the downside of like, oh, well, I guess maybe sometimes 40, <laughs> 40 people live hacking events is not is not so bad. No, definitely, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so one other thing that I saw as well, and we'll, we'll come back to you as well, see if you got anything else to share. But one of the things that I saw was that they have, uh, or at least they're supposed to later today, have a little sort of help desk of sorts for going and sort of debating your bugs. Oh, really? So, so normally, you know, you, you've got to go and you've got to be like, for any of you that, for anyone that's been to a live hacking event, you know how this works, but you know, it's like, knock, 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 bang on the door. Like, hey, I need to talk to someone about that, you know, like, and, and then you get to have a conversation, right? And then, you know, you resolve it. But I, I thought it was really, really cool that, um, you know, they sent out a message saying, hey, there should be a dedicated time later today to discuss some some changes nice. to your, you know, severity, or maybe is it a dupe? Is it not a dupe? Um, so I think that could be really cool if integrated long-term into the, into the bug bounty life hacking event scene. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, this morning also, also I was fuming about some decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's good that we do this now and not uh, me shouting yeah. at the Intel people yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah I, like I mean, I, I think we've talked about this before, but th that is one of the most powerful things about a live hacking event is that you're on site with the customer. Yeah. And it's really, really hard to have that type of, that same level of communication with, that's like face-to-face -face over just, you know, posting a comment on your report or whatever because it may not be you know you never know which team member is going to read that or if it's triage team or whatever like yep. it, it, instead of you can just walk up and have a human discussion with somebody and you can actually just get to the bottom of it and it's happened with myself you but i mean both of us together even on bugs multiple multiple times at events where we've gone and we've talked to the customer and we've been like you know i think there's a misunderstanding in this bug yeah. like, here let me show you and like you know let's let me see what you because here's what i see i don't know if you're seeing the same thing like let me make sure that we're on the same page yeah, here and maybe definitely. if i'm misunderstanding something you can explain that to me and you know that that level of interaction is super super helpful to just like get to the bottom, bottom of a bug without getting you know mad and stuff i you know we i won't I won't disclose anything, but one of our buddies, uh, no. he, uh, he got a little, he got a little trouble. <laughs> he was a little, you know, he was a little too raw with with the customer at with one the point. Feedback. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I think it's important that uh, you know it's good to be honest, but not 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 a hundred percent all the time. So that's that's a nice thing about being yeah, able to yeah. just talk with the customers. They can sort of read your facial expression and all that. Yeah. Well, you you know, the hackers they they've had, you know, when you're online, there's always that whole online thing, right? Like you can you can like you know, keep, keep, you can keyboard yeah. warrior it, you know, if you want to. But I think people have had more experience in their lifetime of like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't, you know, be as irate if I'm meeting with someone in person and seeing, hey, they're just a, a person on the other side of the computer as yeah, well, definitely. trying to do their best, you know. And and I think integrity and and the the, the client, I guess we'll say, for this uh, event has has done Intel. a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Intel, it's, oh, public. It's, it's public. It's okay, public. yeah, it's Intel, they, they do a great job yeah, with that. They do, and, definitely. and particularly shout out to, uh, you know, Chris, Flying Toasters. Yeah, um, you know, he, he always it's throws great, great events. So uh, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I am. Um, I, I was thinking uh, just the other day how uh, having worked in like a professional job now has changed my communication style so much. Yeah. Like when I was younger, before I had, you know, worked a corporate job, I would be very raw. I would just, you know, if it came into my mind, I'd just freaking say it, you know, and uh, now like... I, you know, once you work at a company, you kind of master the art of uh, writing passive aggressive emails. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you get good at like writing something and like, I'm not happy about this. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. <laughs> you know, And uh, I think that's really it's, that kind of communication skill is so useful. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, you know, I see it a lot with people who've, you know, worked like you've worked at AppSec and at big yeah. companies and stuff. And so I think that experience is just really, really valuable. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, because 
especially for work like if you're handling incoming bug bounty reports you have to like sell someone else's report <laughs> within your organization like this is really critical you should pick it up you should drop all the features you're building and pick this up so that i, I guess that's a useful skill also when being a bug bounty hunter yourself yeah it, it's it's so interesting to me when i hear people in appsec talk about like slas with their own company like <laughs> you know they're, they're saying like okay i can you know i have this agreement that i've you know, negotiated with the, you know, programming division, like they have to address our issues within a month. And I'm like, this is the same company. Like, like, why is this so complicated? But it, it, you know, it is in the end. And, and I've never even thought about that actually, you know, that, that the people on, on your side of, when you're on the receiving side of a report, you then have to represent that report to your team, to yep. your developers. Um, so yeah, thanks for all the hard work, guys. You're welcome. Us, you know, bug hunters, I do appreciate it whether we say it or not. Um, uh, you know, Renee, any other any other thoughts on the live hacking event? I've got, I think maybe one or two I can I can throw out there, but uh, not really. Yeah, you go ahead. I'll, it's been it's I'll been a, it's been a good time. You know, yeah. I I think the. For me, it's really nice to meet the Integrity team because it's my first um, live hacking. I mean, obviously, I, I've spent uh, with Integrity. I've spent time with Inti before, which is great. He's always a pleasure to see. Yeah. Um, but particularly like uh, Integrity, Travis, and and some of the other guys have just been really pleasant to be around. Um, and it, it's been a really nice experience. And I also really like the structure that they've done here. So with and I guess there's trade-offs to both. But with the Hacker One live hacking events, how it goes is that you know you fly in, you uh, you know do your you know, opening cocktail hour or whatever that either that same day or the next day, if you're international and then you, you do a hacking day and then you do a community day and and that community day is just kind of running around with friends and, and hanging out and stuff like that. And the hacking day is like pretty much all focused on the event and that sort of thing. Yes. Um, and it, it, that's nice in that sense because you, you're done with the hacking at the community day point and you don't feel tempted to hack. Um, so I've always been really a fan of that structure. But this event is also really nice too where they have multiple hacking days and then community stuff in the, in the evenings um, because that, one, it gives you more time to collab with your, with your friends, right? Um, you get to work on the event a little bit more. But also it forces you to put the bugs down a little bit and, and yeah. walk away. Um, I have a really hard time with that personally. So I've enjoyed the variety in, in the structure. And um, and like I said, the team has been very uh, accommodating. So overall, it's been it's been a pretty cool event. The bounties are still are still rolling in. So we'll see how the, the final the final <laughs> just just is checking his phone right now to see if he got a bounty. <laughs> No bounty. <laughs> um, no, but that's that's uh, no fault but my own, perhaps. And uh, so we'll see how the final payouts roll through. But um, overall, yeah, pretty pretty solid event. So Definitely, happy to yeah. happy to have been here. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll we'll close off there. Uh, Renee, thanks for coming on the pod, man. And Thank you for uh, me. do you, you said you know I'll I'll pull up the. Uh, the um socials right now on uh on on twitter of course we have it as Rennie pack and uh and that's the same thing for integrity and then on linkedin i'm gonna let you say the name because i'm gonna mispronounce it no ignore me on linkedin okay ignore him on linkedin <laughs> only go follow on yeah. twitter and on in, in yeah visit hackerhideout.xyz yes hackerhideout.xyz that's another great thing to check out um where is that specifically uh like are you guys doing that all within um within the netherlands or do you have a specific city we or don't what? have a a concrete plan on that yet but mm. we're trying to we're really trying to take it step by step to well like guarantee the quality of the community sure. How, and, uh, what's the target demographic though netherlands residents or 
not specifically. Okay. Not specifically. Gotcha. So this could be bigger than yeah. just the Netherlands yeah. if you have a group of so, hackers. So the, the dream place. is still to have an office somewhere or perhaps all around the world. But that's like, that's dream, dream. Very cool, man. Well, I, I'm looking forward to see you get it. Cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. Thanks.